The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Doug Birch and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So how do you have peace in the midst of uncertainty? Well, let me tell you, sometimes I don't know. Right now, my life is in a place of incredible uncertainty, at least my ministry life. I don't think I can imagine a time or remember a time where things have been this uncertain. We're going to talk about peace and uncertainty as we're following God. Each of us need to be encouraged that God is still with us even when we don't know what we're doing or where we're going on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. spiritual show. I am Dr. Doug Bursch. I'm so glad you could join me. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I am so thankful that you would listen to today's show. So I'm going to do something um, pretty personal. Uh, I don't I don't want to turn Christianity into a performance. Uh, one of the dangers of uh, communication, Christian communication, is, uh, for instance, Radio. There's Christian radio and there's non-Christian radio. Uh, when, when it comes to communicating to an auditorium of people or a congregation of people, there's Christian communication to an auditorium and there's non-Christian communication to an auditorium. Uh, when it comes to music, there's uh, Christian music and non-Christian music. Well, here's the danger, that sometimes we can pretend that the same thing is going on uh, regardless whether it's Christian or non-Christian communication. But we need to be clear here that what we're doing here right now is sacred, or at least it can be sacred, that I am your brother in Christ, and that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and so are you, and we can come together, and we can commune together in a very sacred, holy way. And so I want to try to find a way to just break down those walls of if you're listening to the radio show right now on the Friday or the Sunday broadcast, or if you're listening in podcast form, I want to try to break down that wall of distance here. And as much as we can, I'm just going to share with you as personally as I can my journey, where I'm at, what God is saying to me, and then I'm hoping as I communicate that, it's going to resonate in your heart with what God is saying to you. Uh, I'm praying as I share things, you're going to be able to pray for me and to help me. By no means is this just a one-way street where I'm here to just tell you how to live your life and I come down from, you know, the holy mountain full of the glory of God and I bring you all the wisdom and you receive the wisdom. So I'm going to share with you, there's some profound uh, weaknesses in my life right now. There's some areas where I'm really wrestling with God. I've even told people, there's, there's times where I want to wrestle with God, but I can't even find God in the room to wrestle with Him. There are areas right now in my life today where I am struggling with discernment in ways I have never struggled before. And I don't want to come to you and pretend that that's not there. I don't want to just say, well, I'm just going to keep that private, but I'm going to give you some sanitized thing. 
Now, I don't share everything about my life with everyone, but I want you to see behind the curtain. I want you to see this is me. I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm a writer. I'm a theologian. But this is as much as you're going to get of the authentic Doug, okay? I'm not going to talk about myself in the third person, but this is as much as you're going to get of the authentic Doug Birch, okay? So here's the number you can text the show uh, in response to anything that's said today, 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513, I have been working at this, how to have peace that passes understanding, or how to live with peace in the midst of incredible uncertainty. I think of this psalm, Psalm 4, 7 through 8. So let's just anchor this in some scripture here. Psalm 4, 7 through 8. In the psalm, you know, uh, the psalmist is talking about those who live in luxury and power and privilege and the frustration a little bit. You know, they, you, can, you can tell this, this is often with the psalmist, he's warring. You know, why do, the, why do the, the evil prosper? You know, this psalm doesn't necessarily talk about that, but you see this theme, right? You know. Why are these people who are doing evil succeeding, and why am I struggling? And there's this fighting and arguing with God. It's, it's kind of one of those psalms where, Lord, I know you're going to help me, but I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling now with what's going on. But it says something so beautiful in 4, 7 through 8. It says, You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. So them, you know, those who have all the grain, you know, all the food they need, all the prosperity they need, all the wine they need, You've put more joy in my heart than they have, which he's contrasting. Like right now, I don't feel too prosperous, but in my poverty, I have more joy than they have in their prosperity. And then he goes on, he says, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety, which is such a powerful thing. He's saying, ultimately, whatever's going on in my life, I can rest. I can lay my head down and I can go to sleep. Because you are the one that helps me dwell in safety. It's not the outcomes. It's, it's not uh, what I can see externally. It's that your presence is my peace. Isaiah 26.3 puts it this way. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Where does our peace come from? Our peace comes from God. The, the, the man or the woman whose mind is stayed or focused on God has peace. We, we see with Moses where he doesn't want to go into the promised land without the presence of God. He doesn't want to go through the wilderness without the presence of God. And God comes to Moses and says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. My presence will give you rest. And Moses is like, well, don't, don't send us if you don't go with us. John 14, 26 through 27, uh, you know, Jesus is talking extensively at the end of John about the Holy Spirit, the comforter. You know, Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come and make my home with you. I'm going to abide with you. You don't have to be a wor worried or be afraid. But in John 14, 26, he says, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. Let me say that again. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, 
neither let them be afraid. Let not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So he says, I'm not going to leave you some answers. I'm not going to leave you some solutions. I'm going to leave you my presence. The Holy Spirit is going to be with you. And, and not like the world. The world only has peace if they can control the situation, if they can figure everything out, if they can solve it, if they can you know, just find a way to settle everything down with the right argument or the right decisions. Jesus says, my peace is different. I'm going to leave you my peace, my presence, my Holy Spirit. So you don't have to be troubled and you don't have to be afraid. Well, I've been reading through scriptures on this because I have been in a place of tremendous confusion, tremendous uncertainty. One of the largest ones for me right now, this day, we are, I'm recording this show a little earlier uh, you're listening to it after Thanksgiving, but because of Thanksgiving coming up and the family coming home and all those things, I'm recording it earlier. But we're going into a holiday season that's just craziness. I don't think I've ever had this kind of uncertainty in my life and this kind of pressure in my life. I can think of one other time, uh, but this is probably one of the biggest, if you had like the top three most uncertain, pressure-filled times in my life, this would be one of them. Like I said, I'm just going to tell you exactly where I'm at. The first big thing that's going on in my life and the life of the church that I serve is at the end of January. At the end of January, we're going to be kicked out of our building. And don't worry, this is not an unjust kicking out. This was an agreement. We, we, we rent this beautiful church that's next to Pioneer Elementary School in Auburn, Washington. And the school district has owned this church. They bought this church a few years ago from another church, and they let us rent it, which is great. They let us rent it. They, let, they knew that this time would come. They told us this time would come. They prepared us for this time, that eventually we could no longer meet there. They're going to be tearing down the church, and they're going to be expanding the school, and as part of their school rebuilding. We're not remotely upset with what the school's doing. We're glad that this, they're getting a new school, and they're doing what they're called to do there. But with this, we will be kicked out of that church and that church will be torn down. The end of January, we'll be kicked out. And we've been praying for a long time, Lord, show us the next step. Now, I know this, that we can go, we could go to set up teardown in a school, and we may have to do that. And there's a lot of kind of things we could do that would be really tough and not necessarily what we want to do. But we're not praying for that. We've been praying that God would pr provide a miraculous provision where we could move into another building. That is just as good as our current situation or better. We've been praying that God would allow us to move into the next season stronger. We've been praying that he would open the door for a building. And we've been looking in the Auburn area and the Sumner area and Lake Taps, if you know that area. We're looking in, in all that area. We're looking you know, anywhere 10 to 15 to 16 minutes uh, from where we are currently as a church and just looking for a place that we can meet. And right now, we have not found anything that meets our prayer needs. And before you send me anything to say, you know, I'm praying wrong or anything, uh, just hear me clearly. Our church is in agreement. We have come together in beautiful agreement of praying and trusting the Lord. And we will ultimately do whatever we have to do if these prayers are not answered the way we would like them to be answered. But I'm telling you right now, we are going into December. We will be kicked out of our church at the end of January. And I have no idea where to take the 90 to 100 people who come on a Sunday 
where we're going to be. I have no idea. I'm completely uncertain about that. The co- my co-pastor and I, our leadership team, our worship team, we have no idea. Every day I, I scour and search the internet. We talk to real estate people. We, 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 we look, we make calls. We, we check on buildings. We, we look at every lead we can look at and nothing seems clear. And it is profoundly uncertain. There are days after days. In fact, every day I would say in the last couple months, it's been on my mind for hours at end. Asking the Lord, well, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I do this? And while I'm doing this, trying to contend for the peace of God that passes understanding, trying to lay my head down at night and say, it's okay, Lord. Because even if the church says, it's okay, Doug, and we trust you guys, and it's going to be all right, at the end, there's still this responsibility, but well, well, well what do I say, and what do we do? And, and Lord, what are you saying, and what are you doing? What compounds this, and ironically, what compounds it, is the place we are in right now. We are there because of a profound miracle that occurred in our life. Some people would not even believe this could occur. Some of you have theologies that don't even believe that God speaks this way, but I'm just telling you what happened. The church that we're in right now, the one that's going to be torn down, we were brought to this church by a dream. Now, I'm a very cynical person, and and when people share about dreams and signs and wonders and visions, and I I tend to be very cynical, and and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that really happened, and I don't know if I trust this person, so maybe you're feeling that way about me. But I had a dream. Our church used to be in Maple Valley. I was restarting a church that had about 12 people in it, and we were restarting, and we were just struggling along, and there was about 25 of us just kind of trying to restart a church. And the Lord gave me a dream where he showed me South Auburn. And he showed me a river going through my parents' backyard. And my parents lived in South Auburn at the time. And there wasn't a river going through the yard, but he showed me this river. And uh, when I woke up, I told my wife that I was fishing out of this river in, in my parents' backyard. And I said, what do you think this means? And she said, well, maybe it means we're supposed to be fishing for men and women in South Auburn. And I knew there was nothing open in South Auburn. There's no buildings there. There's no way to even do this. And so I just went, okay, you know, that's something. We'll just have to put that on the back burner. Two months later, I have another dream. In the middle of the night, I see this church building, the building that we're in right now. I see it in the dream. And I hear the voice of God say, it's open. I hear God say, it's open. And immediately I wake up and sit up in the bed. I've never done this before. I wake up sitting up in the bed at two in the morning, wide awake with that vision. It's open. I wake up, sit up in bed. The next day I call, I get the number for the church. I don't know the pastor of that church. I just kind of call. I don't tell him anything about the dream. I just say, hey, you know, I'm pastor in Maple Valley. Just notice you're a church in Auburn. We'd love to get together sometime and talk. He calls me back and says this. He goes, We're looking for someone to rent our church on Sunday mornings. Would you like to rent our church on Sunday mornings? Any pastor listening right now knows that's a miracle. You don't get to rent a church building on Sunday mornings. And so with that, we said yes. Our first Sunday there, we had 151 people show up. Remember, we only had 25 people. We put a little ad in the paper. 151 people showed up. 51 people gave their life to Christ. It was a miracle. I couldn't believe it. Now, a lot has happened since then. Many years have passed since then. 
But the Lord kept bringing us back to this building. In fact, uh, the church that met there, they saw us grow, and so they kicked us out of the building, and we went into the schools for a while and set up and tear down in the schools, and they met in that church. Well, they sold that church to the school district, and then the school district let us come back into the church. And we've been there with this arrangement with the school district. The Lord just kept bringing us back to this miraculous provision of this church. We were brought to this church by a dream, but it's going to be torn down brick by brick. That dream is going to end. And right now, we are in the wilderness. Right now, we are on the other side of the Jordan River. Right now, we are on the other side of... We don't even know what river. We do not know how to move forward. We are praying and we're believing, but we have no idea. We just know, okay, Lord, somewhere, somewhere in Auburn or Sumner or Lake Taps or somewhere, you have a place for us. What is it? Is it like uh, that song, uh, there's a place for us? I mean, we, we just don't know. And there's incredible uncertainty in that. Now, this challenges not just my imagination, not just my peace, but it challenges my theology because I decided when I started pastoring Evergreen Church that I didn't want to build an impressive church. I, I just, I, I'm not attracted to churches that are built on really impressive structures and systems. And, you know, here's our Christianity 101 and 202 and 303, and here's all our great systems. And, Here's all our great mission, vision, and values, and here's all, and our leader is so, he's so talented in this and that. And I just didn't want it to be built upon the strength of humans. And, and some people might not understand this, but I just, I just want the thing that I'm a part of to be all about how great God is and how weak we are. I want the stories to be about the miraculous provision of God, not about how clever Doug was or clever my co-pastor Dan was, or clever my wife Jennifer is. I want the story to be, we didn't know where we were going, but God provided a building. He parted the sea. I want it to be a miraculous story. Not, you know, we did the right mortgage, and we did the right uh, campaign to raise the right amount of funds, and we leveraged the right person. And God, I don't want that to be the story. And not only do I want the story to be of God's miraculous provision, I want the story to be that we were people of peace in the midst of tremendous turmoil and uncertainty. I want us to be people who lay our heads down in peace when we don't know the outcome. This is important to me because this is a part of my testimony, and you've heard me share this before, but when I really, really got serious with the Lord was when I was really sick as a kid, and, and I, I, got, I was sick in, in eighth grade, and uh, so sick I missed many days of school, and I was in the hospital on and off, and I got to this place where the doctors didn't know what was wrong with me, and, and basically everything I wanted to do, I couldn't do. I was doing breathing treatments four times a day. I was up all the time at night. I was, I was just in a bad place, and I was questioning God, and I was questioning existence, and what's the purpose of life? It was a really difficult time. And I remember being at that house, you know, the dream I had with the river going through it? Well, being at that house in South Auburn, up late at night, 
with my parents asleep and everyone asleep and, and saying, God, I know you're real, but if you're real, would you reveal your presence to me? And I remember the peace of God that passes understanding rested upon me like a blanket. And I knew that I would never be alone and I would never have to be afraid. See, for me, the miraculous provision of God was not the peace of answered prayers, but the peace of his presence. The miracle was not that I was healed. The miracle was that I felt his peace and his presence in the midst of my sickness. Now, later they found solution to what was wrong with me, and I'm a very healthy person now. But that's not the testimony I want to share. The testimony I want to share is there was a peace that I found that passes understanding when I had nothing but God. And so now I find myself, after 21 years of ministry, in this position of weakness. I'm not sick. I'm not in destitute measures when it comes to finances, although we certainly are not wealthy. But being an American, we're still in a place of privilege. But goodness sakes, things are uncertain. And I am praying, and I'm asking, and I'm seeking, and I'm saying, Lord, would you show me? Show me, show me what? Show me. Where do we go? How do we do this? And every once in a while, there's this severe panic, like, Lord, I don't, I don't know what to do. And then, and then I'm thinking, do we have to do these things that we don't want to do? Do we have to go to places we don't want to go? Do we have to do things we don't? I don't, want to, I don't want to set up and tear down our church. We did that for years. I don't want to do that again. These battles and these wrestling with God. But then I go to this deeper thing, and the, and the Lord looks at me and says, Doug, is my presence enough? Is my peace enough for you? Do you need more than that? Can you lay your head down in peace and sleep in peace and rise in peace? Can you have peace the day you're kicked out of that building, even if you have no clear answer about where to go next? I want my life to be a life that's rooted in the presence of God. I want to ask you as well, what do you want your life to be about? Is this God thing real or not? Did Jesus Christ, did he rise from the grave or not? Is it about eternal life or is it about some short answered prayers in this temporal existence that we live on earth? Is it about living for things that rust and corrode and fade away or is it about something more? Jesus promised us, he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come and I'm going to make my home with you. And I'm going to leave you a helper, the Holy Spirit. The Father's going to send you the Holy Spirit, and he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I shared my weaknesses. I know you got struggles as well. I want you to know I'm with you. As you lay down your head in uncertainty, we have the Holy Spirit to give us peace that passes understanding. Could you pray for me? Could you pray for Evergreen Church that we find a place somewhere in Auburn or Sumner or Lake Tap, somewhere, a place 
But more importantly, could you pray that every day we find the presence of God, the peace of God that passes understanding? And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to pray for you, that you, my friend, find the peace of God, that you can lay your head down in peace, that you can sleep in peace, because the Lord is the only one that makes us dwell in safety. Not outcomes, not buildings. It is the Lord who is our peace and who is our safety. It is only God, only God. And here's the thing. He's going to be with us in this life and the life to come so we can have true peace in knowing that. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to text me, if you have any thoughts, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. You can go to our website, fairlyspiritual.org, to find past podcasts. Subscribe to The Fairly Spiritual Show on iTunes or Stitcher. Most importantly, make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He loves you dearly. He has next steps for your life. Peace to you this holiday season as we look forward to God's next steps for our life. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.